You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. All right, joining me for this week's episode of the How to Hunt Deer podcast is Mr. Pierce Nellis. Pierce, welcome back to the show, buddy. Thanks for having me back, man. Good to see you. Absolutely, absolutely. It sounds like there might be a little bit of a, of a delay in our audio here. So for those of you listening to this, uh, sorry about that. You just might have to, just might have to deal with it. But uh, anyway, Pierce, man, we got a couple of things that are coming up on our docket. We've got a turkey hunt coming up together. Yes, sir. Next week. Looking forward hopefully, to it, man. Hopefully, less, I mean, less than a week now, yeah. Yeah, so I leave tomorrow. Hopefully this time next year or next week, we'll, uh, we'll be sitting there high-fiving over a dead bird. Oh, my gosh. I hope so, dude. I hope it happens before this time <laughs> next week, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, right. Yesterday. So, I am, uh, I'm leaving tomorrow, driving up to Iowa. I will be hunting in Iowa for a couple of days, hopefully get a bird on the ground there, then heading over to Wisconsin, hopefully getting a bird there. Uh, and man, I'm just pumped. Like I have, I've, I've not been out turkey hunting by myself. That is without my kids all season. And I've been chomping right. at the bit. Like I cannot wait to get out there and get after it. So absolutely, man. Uh, well, man, before we jump too far into the episode, because I'm kind of going to uh, record this and then throw it up live, I need to say thanks to our partners, Pierce and, uh, First of all, Tacticam, they're the title sponsor of the show, and I was showing you this handy-dandy little guy before yes, sir. Uh, before we got recording, and if you're not watching this, you're just listening to it, well, you can't see it. But this is the new Tacticam 6.0 camera. Uh, man, that little screen on there is fantastic. The video footage, uh, the quality is awesome, shoots 4K video. Uh, I haven't gotten to toy around too much with the extra features as far as, like, operating the zoom and stuff on this, but wow, what a... Uh, what a sweet little setup there with that with that screen and everything. Look at that, man. You get a good shot of the insulation on the roof of my attic there, Pierce, or the roof of my basement. <laughs> so, anyway, but you can go get one right now at Tacticam.com. I think they've still got their Ultimate Turkey Package special going on. It's $299. bucks. we will get you a 6.0 camera, a spare battery, and a barrel mount. So, I think you're going to save something like 50 bucks or something. Uh, with that package. So really, really good deal going on with that right there. Uh, next up, Huntworth, 
man, I'm using the tarnin pattern. It's going to blend in super well. I have a feeling early season for turkeys in Wisconsin, which can be kind of gray and dreary. Pierce, how are things looking up there? Is it is it starting to green up at all? Uh, the grass is green. The woods are pretty, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, pretty bleak still, I would say. I did yeah. notice some uh, honeysuckle starting to bud out and stuff here, and a lot of the trees, honestly, are. We're supposed to get quite a bit of rain uh, this weekend, unfortunately, for your Iowa turkey hunt. Um, but I'm thinking by the time, like Monday, you said that's supposed to wrap up, or even Sunday, uh, weather should be looking pretty darn good. So I'm, I've got a feeling things are probably going to, given, I mean, the 80-degree weather we've had uh, here in Wisconsin and Iowa for the last uh you know, week here, I'm kind of under the impression things are going to green up pretty darn quick. But yeah, regardless, I got a feeling that tarn and pan is going to look, root pattern is going to look pretty darn good. Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's got enough open, openness to it and enough grays and enough browns that, uh, and it's got just a little yep. bit of a green to it that I, I think is going to do really, really well. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend what I'm going to be wearing, which is the Durham lightweight pants. Uh, they're super thin. They're super airy. Uh, they also have reinforced knees and a reinforced seat, which is nice if you're crawling around after turkeys or sitting up against a tree. You can go find all that at HuntworthGear.com. And then finally, Onyx. Pierce, how much have we been using Onyx for the last two weeks trying to get ready for some of this hunting? Oh, God. Probably more than we should be. <laughs> Countless hours. Dude, <clears throat> I've had so many times where my wife just, like, rolls over and is, like, in bed at night, and she rolls over. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, uh looking at maps <laughs> she's like it's midnight why are you still looking at maps but uh you know honestly i talked about this on the wisconsin sportsman uh intro this past week i went from pierce tells me that there are 22 tags left over in iowa or he tells me there are tags left over and i go look and there are 22 of them i went from that to like totally ready sending pierce points you know dropping pins and sending those to pierce saying hey take a look at all these public spots within a week Two weeks, something like that. Yeah. If so, uh, dude, within like two or three days, you had like, hey, dude, you got a lot of public around you. Holy crap. Like, yeah. A lot going on here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, th- man, you I. You were finding I, spots that I didn't even know about. Dude, there were a bunch. Like, I couldn't believe it. So, I, I dropped a pin on my campsite, right? And then I did the 10 mile, it lets you do like a 10 mile radius bubble around a, around mm-hmm. a location. So, I put the 10 mile radius on there and I just started marking public spots inside of that 10 mile bubble and then kind of went outside it just a little bit. So I'm, I've probably got a 12 to 15 mile bubble around the place right. where I'm going to be camping, which is a super nice campground. Called a guy. He was like, no, we're not open yet, but I'll open up for you if you don't need water. <laughs> and I was like, absolutely. I don't need any water. Lock uh, it in. Yeah. I was like, I won't even be, I won't be there during the day anyway. So, uh, right. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah. So with Onyx, I was able to pick those out. Then I went through and kind of filtered out all the public that I found saying, okay, is this a good spot? Is it a bad spot? And then I marked a couple, and I'm like, Pierce, please go look at these <laughs> before <laughs> before I get there. But but I, I think we've got I think we've got some good options, man. Absolutely, dude. There's options. a lot of a lot of ground to work with, a lot of ridge tops, a lot of fields. And that's kind of the cool thing about this part of Iowa. Um, you know, I, there's it's just I mean, technically, it's kind of like on the I guess it's not quite edge of the drift list, but yeah, more or less like on the, 
Um, you, you know, don't have to go far. Western edge of the driftless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, with just the rolling hills and, uh, you know, between the farmland and, uh, you know, just how fertile the land is and everything around here. I mean, it's rural. It's definitely rural. I would say as, you know, growing up in Southwest Wisconsin, it is more rural around here than it was around there. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, that's why I was so famous for, uh, you know, the outstanding hunting that there is around here. And I just got to switch my residency now and get in on the action. Yeah, there you go. Well, I hopefully am going to be getting in on some of that action this, uh, this spring, but guys, if you want to go, Get a free trial for Onyx. You can go find them on the app store of your choosing and get a seven-day free trial if you're not already using it. If you are already using it, I highly recommend swapping or changing or upgrading to the Elite membership. There are lots of perks and rewards that come along with that, lots of extra content that you get access to if you're not doing that already. Not to mention, with that Elite membership, you get all 50 states' private public land boundaries, all the map layers, all that good stuff. So head over, check them out if you have questions onxmaps.com. Now, Pierce, we are here to talk about uh, deer hunting today. All right. We've, we've mm-hmm. got turkeys on the brain, uh, but we've got to talk about deer hunting because this is the How to Hunt Deer podcast. So what I want to do today while I've got turkeys on the brain is I want to talk about how turkey hunting has helped make me a better deer hunter and vice versa, how deer hunting has also made me a better turkey hunter, but mostly focusing on that, you know, lessons I picked up from the turkey woods that have made me better when it comes to hunting deer. And I don't think it's any accident that I have what I would consider leveled up my woodsmanship skills over the last three years. Uh, have I increased the amount of time I spend in high-quality areas? Absolutely. But at the same time, I'm having more and better encounters with nicer bucks and with more toms. And I think that's that's because I've just extended my, my, my year, right? Like I didn't do a lot of turkey hunting mm-hmm. before moving to Wisconsin. And I think just being out in the timber, reading sign of all different kinds, paying attention to the woods has just made me that much of a better hunter. So I want to run through a couple things and say, you know, these things have specifically carried over into my deer <clears throat> hunting. So when I say, Pierce, how has turkey hunting helped your deer hunting? What, what's maybe the first thing that you'd say or like the biggest take home for you? You know, man, I was thinking about this uh, all morning, and I mean, I, I really think the biggest thing, like the biggest benefit to, you know, the turkey hunting uh, and deer hunting and, you know, really doing both of them throughout the year, uh, um, and also pursuing some, some fall turkeys as well, is just the amount of scouting that gets done. When you're out in the field year-round, you know, it does extend your season, Um you know, I, I got to take a quick minute here just real quick to, to also just say like, I was turkeys on the brain until I listened to, to you and Sam Billhorn talk about the April whitetail checklist on the Wisconsin oh. Sportsman podcast. Dude. dude, that was unreal. And that made me shift right back into <laughs> deer mode. And that made me want to go out and cut some trails and uh, plant some trees and all that good stuff. So yeah, man, that was listening. a, that was a good one, Sam. Go check that out because it was phenomenal. Dude, Sam is just a wealth of knowledge. I love having him on as much as I can. And, yeah, that launched this past Tuesday. So if you're listening to this, this is going to launch on a Friday. If you're listening to this, just go back to Tuesday's episode of the Wisconsin mm-hmm. Sportsman. We talk about Sam Billhorn's April whitetail checklist, and we talk about all kinds of stuff. We talk about mock scrapes. We talk about uh, setting up hunting locations. We talk about uh, specifically about uh, trimming shooting lanes and where people kind of go wrong this time of year. We talk about hunter access. We talk about planting bare root trees. We talk about cutting in bedding. 
we cover all of it, but probably my, I would say it's right up there for me with the October uh, hunting strategy episode that I did with Sam back in the fall. I think mm-hmm. those are probably the best two that we've done together. And I think he and I have probably, probably recorded eight or so shows together yeah. at this point. So um, anyway, yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good show. So thanks for, thanks for that plug Pierce, but all right. So turkeys, the amount of scouting that you're doing throughout the year. Right. So particularly when I'm deer hunting, that's when I end up, I, I find that I'm doing, uh, the majority of my, my turkey scouting, um, throughout the year, really. Like I'm always dropping pins at first light when I hear birds, not necessarily gobbling, although there were a couple times you know, just cause it's, you know, far less seldom in the fall. But I mean, I, I remember texting you in October a couple times and even during, uh, Wisconsin's rifle season, uh, that I, like, and there was a day in, during the, the gun season that I had like five or six toms gobbling at each other from different ridge tops while I was deer hunting wow. in November. And I just couldn't believe it. Um, <clears throat> but really what I'm doing is kind of taking note of, uh, you know, where are they feeding at? And where are they coming from? Where are they roosting at the beginning and the end of the day? Um, and I'm dropping pins there and I'm, you know, while I'm sitting in my tree stand, freezing my butt off, waiting for a deer to come by, I am mentally planning and, you know, pulling up on X like we talked about there. And I'm kind of looking at like, okay, like, so they were roosted in this little hollow and they pitched down into here and then they, you know, hung out there for a minute and then they walked out into this field and they did, you know, just kind of keeping tabs on, what all of these birds are doing, um, you know, throughout their day, where they're feeding, where they're finding acorns. Because a lot of times too, you know, turkeys will lead you right to the acorns and you can hear hens and, you know, you know, I mean, really all turkeys putting around and scratch and do all, doing all sorts of stuff, digging up acorns, um, which a lot of times too can lead you right to the deer. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, really good point. I, I ran this past uh, Jeremy Dersham, who I had on the Wisconsin Sportsman uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and he's a guide for he and he does turkey and waterfowl hunts. And one of the things Which, that let me add yeah. another awesome episode. Oh, dude, it was Go stellar. To it. Jer- <laughs> he, I reached out to him like right after we were right after I edited that episode. I reached out to him and I was like, dude, you need to do this more often because I mean he's just really mm-hmm. really good, but. He's all, I mean, he's all over the place. He's got his hands in a lot of different things. And so he's out in the hunting space. He's just more, from what I can tell, kind of behind the scenes. He's like the guy that everybody quotes, if that makes sense. Yep. You know, you go, go read some, some articles on, on waterfowl hunting right now. He, they're probably going to quote him <laughs> at some point. So, mm-hmm. uh, but one of the things that he and I covered was exactly what you said. Those places that seem to hold fall and winter birds. They, it seems like they almost always hold birds in, in the spring as well. You know, it seems to be kind of a consistent thing. Whereas when you're out deer hunting, if you hear them or you mark, you know, you're marking root preferred roost locations, those are spots that you can at least depend on some of the time when it comes to, to hunting spring birds. But yeah, that's a really good point. Just the amount of scouting. And I, I think for me, that's kind of a, one of, one of the things that's on my list is just the way that I view the woods. Right. Like I, I have a more critical eye. I've developed a more critical eye when it comes to looking at and evaluating and keeping my eye out for, uh, for sign in general, whether that's deer sign or turkey sign or, or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, I'm going to go with here's my first one. My, my, what I think may be one of my biggest ones is understanding how animals 
use terrain. Like terrain and animal movement seems to be pretty yeah. consistent, right? Like if a if a turkey is going to walk a route, the deer are probably going to walk that same kind of route. Now, I don't mean, um, you know, well, that Tom crossed the ridge right there when I was calling to him and he was coming in. Therefore, that's what a big buck is going to do. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you sit back and you watch turkeys do what turkeys do moving throughout the landscape, watch how they side hill the ridges. Watch how they use bottoms. Watch how they use ridge tops. Watch how they use saddles. Like, man, turkeys love saddles in hill country, maybe even more than deer do in hill country. Mm -hmm. Uh, Watch how turkeys roost at the ends of points, just like you expect deer to bed at the ends of points in hill country. So much goes into informing how animals move. And it just, it just seems that there, there is a consistency there between deer movement and turkey movement such that I have really learned how animals like to use the landscape no matter what it is, just how they, how they move through. And so what that means is when I start finding sign, and I'm trying to narrow it down, okay, it's great that there's sign in this 200-yard span, but what spot within this 200-yard span is the place where I can kill something, right? And then that's where the right. terrain feature comes in when you say, okay, they're most likely going to travel right here most of the time. So that's probably the mm-hmm. biggest the biggest takeaway for me is turkey hunting has made me a better deer hunter because it's made me just look at terrain all the more seriously. And it's giving me, it's given me one more opportunity to sit back and observe the way animals move uh, that maybe right. you don't get during the fall. So uh, mm-hmm. what's your and next understanding one? Understanding oh, too, just go ahead. Well, I was just going to add to that, you know, understanding and, you know, just thinking critically on why are they moving through there? You know what I mean? Why are they in that saddle? Why are they working across the hillside in this manner? What is there that's, you know, beneficial to them, whether it be cover, whether it be food, you know, you name it, Um, you know, the ridgetop, you know, being high up on a ridgetop on the, on the end, obviously deer and turkeys are there for uh, different reasons, you know, especially in the spring, but you know, they're roosted up on the points that they can project their sound and everything, you know, down into the valleys off that point, whereas deer, you know, more so there for, uh, for protection and, sure. uh, you know, safe bedding and all that. But, you know, just thinking critically about what, like when you see animals do stuff, whether you're turkey hunting and you see a deer or whether you're deer hunting and you see a turkey, just asking yourself, taking a minute and just be like, huh, why is that animal there? Why is it doing that at this point is yeah a lot of times they'll tell you the answer right there that's that's a really good point man just that that step of asking why and really putting some thought into the answer and it doesn't mean we're that our answer to the why is always going to be right but it sure means we're going to be connecting a lot more pieces than Mm -hmm. um than we may have previously so and that snowball is quick too you know i mean once you start seeing that stuff and it's like oh okay i saw a bunch of birds here like i wonder if you know, I should look for scat or scratch marks or anything like that. Um, you know, same with rubs, deer trails, tracks, whatever it may be. You know, it makes you, once you see it in one spot, all of a sudden you start recognizing it that much more quickly. And you can kind of, you know, as you then start, you know, say you drop a pin, whether it be, you know, e-scouting or when you're just hiking on public and you're like, okay, like I saw a lot of sign here. Um, that looks kind of similar over there. I'm going to go check that out and, you know, vice versa you know if you're seeing a bunch of sign you drop some pins you get home that night you pull up onyx or whatever map you're using and you're like, okay this is kind of what the situation looks like 
I'm going to go see if I can find something else similar to that, you know, yeah. on that property, maybe it, whether it be a bigger or smaller version of that. Um, a lot of times those, you know, whether, like you said, saddles, hilltops, ridge points, um, all that stuff. A lot of times, you know, even if it's on a more micro scale than, than the big one, a lot of times it still serves the same function to those animals. Hey guys, just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the How to Hunt Deer podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point of view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. They're on the cutting edge making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Their new 6.0 camera has a ton of upgraded features this year, but the one I'm most excited about is the new LCD touchscreen. In my mind, that's a total game changer. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunting and fishing excursions in the past, you know how frustrating it can be to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of accessories. This fall, I'll be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with the 6.0 camera and their bendy clamp paired with the 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and check out their full line of products, head over to their website, Tacticam.com. Share your hunt with Tacticam. I think that's something that I probably haven't done as much that I need to do more of is taking those spots where, okay, I, I'm confirming animal movement through here, whether it's deer, turkeys, whatever. <clears throat> I'm confirming deer bedding here. I'm confirming deer travel here. Um, let's go back to the map after that and try to find other places that look like that. Like that's a step that I feel like I forget. Like I get caught up in the spot that I found and I kind of stick that in my back pocket and I start hunting it. And then I'm just kind of on to the next thing um, without necessarily trying to always bring it back and correlate that. And I need to do, I need to do a bit more of that, but uh, what's the next thing Pierce next way that Turkey hunting has helped you be a better deer hunter. This one's a little bit of uh I guess I don't know if it's an unconventional answer um, or not, but it really like in a weird way helps me dial in my gear and it helps me dial in like, okay, what pockets am I putting stuff in? What's the best method to layer here? You know? And then I'll, you know, I I was talking to a buddy this morning about um, another brand of, uh, you know, hunting clothing that uh, just released new gear, new pair of pants and stuff. And he asked my thoughts on it. And I was like, I mean, I like it. Like I, it looks pretty cool. Like the fabric looks great and all that, but you know, the, the, the pockets on the front look like they would just annoy the crap out of me because especially when Turkey hunting, you know, I, I, when I'm buying gear, just like you are, you know, most folks, you want to buy something you can wear for turkeys, for deer, you know what? And I was thinking about it. And I was like, dude, if I'm sitting at the bottom of a tree, you know, slouched up against it with my, my legs bent, my knees up and my shotgun rested on my knee. I don't want my pockets to be right on top of my thighs because then I can't grab my calls. I can't grab my striker. I can't grab my range finder. Like it's a huge pain in the butt having pockets right on the front of your leg rather than maybe off to the side or having a zip pocket or something like that. Cause I'm, I don't like carrying, I carry all the gear that I need but I don't like carrying anything extra. Like I try and keep it as lightweight as possible. Like I'm even reluctant to bring a backpack with me most of the time. Um, unless I'm saddle hunting, of course, other than that, I mean, I'm stuffing my pockets. I'm keeping everything just on my person, um, rather than worrying about toting a, a bag in there. I wear my backpack for turkeys 
just because I don't run a turkey vest and I have this old field and stream camo backpack that I just took a carabiner and clipped, uh, uh, an old, you know, like the tree stand, uh, like the, the cushions that you can buy at farm and fleet and all yeah. that. Just an yeah. old camo, one of those. I mean, you've seen my setup. I think your nothing, little, uh, your little camo bag is at all. Dude, it's sweet though. Like it's legit. It's low profile. And like, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's almost like it's form fitting. Oh yeah. You yeah, know what it I mean? It, it's, I mean, for, I think I bought it in like high school or something like that for 20 bucks or something, but it's got, you know, the, the spot for the little, you know, the camelback, the water pouch and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and for turkeys and stuff, I'll just stuff, uh, an extra t-shirt or a jacket or something in the back. And then it, you know, gives it some cushion when I'm leaning up against the tree. So it's a little bit more comfortable too, but yep. You know, I'm, I'm always kind of looking at my gear, um, throughout turkey season and throughout deer season about like, you know what, this, that just doesn't work that well for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I should be switching stuff around to here or, you know, Hey, it actually makes more sense for me to clip my range finder here rather than, you know, stuffing it in my pocket or something like that, or not swinging around too much here and it's clinking against stuff and making a bunch of noise. Um, I, I really use, you know, turkey and deer season, you know, year round, just always kind of tweaking the tweaking the gear setup and, uh, just where I put stuff, um, you know, year round. Yeah. That's really good. I, I, I saw that product release as well. And I want to be clear. There are several, <laughs> there are several camo companies out there who are producing high quality camouflage. Um, I happen to think that your value for the money is going to be Huntworth wins hands down. And that's not just because mm-hmm. they support the show. It's because um, you're not going to break the bank. You're going to get a high-quality pattern that, for me, has been the most effective pattern that I've ever used. And clothing that's going to keep you super comfortable all day long, again, without spending $1,000 um, or way more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other companies that produce high-quality gear as well. Some would be considered more technical gear, like a First Light. Um, and I'll be perfectly honest when I saw that little video and saw those little thigh pockets, I thought, what a terrible design. Like, I want to know, I want to know who put those pockets on the thighs so that I can just be shake them a little bit and be like, do you saddle hunt? Do you, do you turkey hunt? Do you, do you you ever sit down? Because if you sit down, that's not convenient. You know, it's just not going to be the most convenient place for it. And that's not to say they don't make good gear because they do. They make really good gear. Their merino stuff and also, is like out of this world quality, but right. And also, not to say the that they don't have other lines of gear that are more geared towards turkey stuff. That's you know? right. I mean, I'm, yep. I believe you know we'll just go out and you already dropped the name. It was First Light that I looked at those pants and I was kind of like, wait a minute, like what? But they did say it is geared for you know high temp. Um, you know, presumably, I mean, I think I saw like or the ad that I saw was like they were pronghorn hunting. It was like 90 degrees out and stuff like that. Yeah. So and I'm sure for that, for that, it's awesome. It's yeah. like, I would, you know, cause there are also days too where, you know, you've, uh, <clears throat> and I, don't get me wrong. Like I've got, I, I, I run, uh, mostly first light stuff and I have, I have no complaints about it. I really don't. I'm a yeah. huge fan of that gear, huge fan of the patterns and all that. Um, at the same time, you know, like there's, there's so many other pants where, you know, you're right. Cause I was thinking about it too. Cause I, I, I run the, the obsidian pants and 
<clears throat> in that same conversation this morning with my buddy, I was kind of like, you know, I, I like them a lot. They're great pants. Um, super breathable, super moisture wicking. But there are times where, although it's got the, um, what's it called? Like the rip stop, you know, where it's like, it's sewn in like a grid pattern kind of, yep. um, you know, it is in that rip stop fabric. Um, there are times that it just feels a little bit like I'm wearing sweatpants and there's times that I love that, but there's also times where I'm busting brush and I'm crawling yeah. through a bunch of crap. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Double layered knees and double layered seat. And then like when you mentioned the Durham pant from Huntworth, I was like, yeah, yeah I might have to give that a shot. Dude, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm but, telling you that has been the winner for me because I mean, you know where I hunt in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. you know where I hunt down South, like the, the stuff that I go through, like wool or super soft shell kind of stuff, you're just going to ruin it. And it, it people say, yeah. oh, no, it's durable, it's durable. It's like, yeah, I believe it's durable, but I also believe it's going to be so full of briars and brambles when I get back that I'm going to have to throw it away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just going to just hold all of that stuff. Uh, now, I know they have some stuff that doesn't do that as well. So there's a there's a tool and an application for anything. Um, but, yeah, you're right. That's That stuff is made for what they said is the – hot and humid. So it's not just specifically hot weather. Right. It's like, you know, when, when temperatures and humidity are hovering around that 90 mark, that's when you need that stuff. So anyway, that, that's right. interesting, but, uh, man, I, I'm going to give my next thing here. We got about, we got time for about one more. I need to run and uh, pick mm-hmm. up some kids from, from school here. We're kind of pushing it. Uh, this may be my top one. Eh, it's up there. It's not the top one. The terrain one's my top one. Woods in adrenaline in an adrenaline mode experience. Does that make sense to you? So like being out in the woods and pumped yep. up with adrenaline and still making good hunting decisions, still moving mm-hmm. quietly, still keeping my head right and taking the shot at the right moment. That's what turkey hunting does for me and has taught me and slowed me down in the whitetail woods so that I am, in, you know, when I'm in the same condition, right, of being in the woods yeah. and full of adrenaline, I can make the, a, a better move. And I think I saw that this year. I've, totally. shot, I've shot a pile of turkeys uh, mm-hmm. these last couple of years. And every year I get a little bit better and a little bit more confident when it comes to the moment of truth on a whitetail when I have a bow in my hand. I'm just a yeah. little bit more present when... I'm taking the shot. It doesn't mean all the shots have gone how I want them to go. It just means mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more present when I'm taking the shot. And I think it's just because I shoot more living things if I'm turkey hunting, right? Like if I'm yep. deer hunting, I get one, two, maybe three shots a year. Uh, if I'm turkey hunting, I get three shots real quick in a season, maybe four or five, depending on how, right. I, how I play my cards. And so uh, that's yep. a big one for me, being able to be in the woods, filled up with adrenaline, jacked up with a goblin turkey, and still be able to be present in the moment, make the good choice, make a good shot, and be ethical about it. Absolutely, man. I, uh, that is, you know, I, that's something that I've never thought about before, but you hit the nail right on the head. Like, abs, like can you imagine if 160-inch whitetails gobble? Oh, my God, dude. Like, if they, if the, if they had that, that chest-rattling... Uh, oh you know, percussion of their gobble or something like that. Uh, Not that you don't get jacked up when you have a big, you know, butt come cruising in, but there's something about a really just 
pissed off Tom rolling in full strut and he's spitting his drumming and they, you know, flicking his snood and he gets in, you know, kind of sub 40 yards and he gobbles and it just rattles your rib cage. Yeah. I mean, there's something about that, that adrenaline there. And granted, I remember the first year I turkey hunted and I, uh, I didn't get one and I was at the archery range when I was living down uh, in Illinois and I was talking to this guy and uh, I was like, yeah, man, I'd never turkey hunted before. And like, you know, first morning we had this birdie, he flew right down and he hung up at like probably 60 yards up in this field, but he was gobbling and dude, I was just like getting rattled by this thing. I couldn't believe it. And he just looks at me and goes, dude, get a 700 pound bull bugling at you. (laughs) <laughs> at 30 yards you'll piss yourself like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so that may need to uh i think the ultimate adrenaline conditioning may be uh may be those uh the western pursuits but at yeah, the same time sure. from a midwest perspective and i mean for like you said dude just a shot opportunity perspective and just cheap tags you can get them anywhere yep. people are way more willing to like let you just come on and out to their farm and try and smack a bird you know because whatever reason more territory about deer and all that yep um, yep. you hit it right on the head there. For it, sure. it is the ultimate, like the best adrenaline conditioning. Oh yeah, absolutely. Dude, quick question. I, I've literally got one minute and I've got to, I've got to go. Um, yeah, so good. when a turkey is like up in your face and they gobble hard at you and you hear that, like while they're gobbling, you hear that like in their chest, that like deep, deep drumming yeah. kind of rap. What is that? Do you know what that's called? Yeah. I always refer to it as just like the percussion of their gobble. I have okay. no clue from like a, an acoustic standpoint what they're doing okay. with their body to like create that. Yeah. So the first time but, that I that I the first turkey I ever shot got close, and when he gobbled straight in my direction, I heard it, and it sounded like someone was just beating on a drum. And I asked the yeah. guy that was with me about it, and he was like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Dude, that sound it just like rattled me from the inside," and he was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Okay, well, never mind. I guess Why? I'm just a weirdo. Yeah. So, guy anyway. Had too many layers on. What's that? The guy had too many layers on. Must have, man. I don't. I don't know what was going <laughs> on with him. But uh, Pierce, man, look. I thanks for coming on the show today. I appreciate your time and and talking about turkeys you and bet, how hunting turkeys can make you a better deer hunter. Why don't you tell folks real quick where they can find you, and then uh, we're gonna have you on again on the Wisconsin Sportsman Show, hopefully here in a week. Hopefully we've got a dead turkey on the ground and we can go sit around, yes, drink a beer and record a podcast. Absolutely, man. Uh, yeah. Um, good chance flyfishing.com. That's my, uh, it's my guide company. Um, you can find race info, uh, booking information there, specializing in, uh, driftless, uh, trout trips, um, on the fly. Um, really thinking about adding in a little bit of walkway smallmouth action this year too. Yeah. Um, All right. Kind of remains to be seen, but, you know, we got a couple of uh, sort of slept-on fisheries here in the southwest of Wisconsin um, that hold some pretty fun smallmouth, and it's just a totally different game than most river smallie fishing. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a nice hybridization of like, oh, yeah, walking through the countryside on a stream, you know, like you would be with trout fishing. Uh, but, you know, we can pull out some pretty pretty fun, angry smallies as well. So that kind of remains to be seen. Um, folks are interested in that. Hit me up, and we can definitely make that happen. But... Um, for right now we're focusing on trout. Our hatch season is going crazy right now. I heard up in Baroque yesterday they had some crane flies, caddis. Um, well, the first caddis of the year, really. And then uh, we've been having our blue wings 
starting to show off pretty regularly here for the last couple of weeks. And nice. uh, oddly enough, our midge fishing has just been crazy. So now's a great time to get in on some awesome dry fly action. And uh, yeah, love to get you out. Awesome, dude. Well, hey, let's team up next week, smoke a bird in the morning, record a podcast, and then go fishing. That's going to happen, man. All right, brother. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Sounds good, man. Thanks. That's all for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you dig this show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you could leave us a five-star review, I would very much appreciate that. While you're at it, you can follow along with my outdoor adventures on Instagram at howtohuntdeer. That's also the best way to get a hold of me, suggest topics that you want to hear, guests you want to hear from, or questions that you'd like me to explore on the show. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Onyx. Please go support the brands that support this show and help me bring you great content each and every week. If you're looking for more outdoor content, check out the sportsmansempire.com where you're going to find my other podcast, The Wisconsin Sportsman, as well as a ton of other awesome outdoor podcasts.